Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord, saints. Thank you guys for being here today. Everyone feel uh, decently comfortable? We just, we honor you. We honor the different levels of comfort. And as I said, I already pre-recorded a whole worship set and, pre and, we're, and preaching time for our online community just so we could have a talk and be together here this morning. Um, just want to honor you. And Patrick, I, and Jeanette, I, I second that. I love you. I honor you. You guys are amazing. What a, what a joy it is to... Um, to send you off as a church family. And a few weeks back, um, when we were honoring pastors and leaders, it was just an accident. She was honored many times the weeks before she left, but can we just give it up for Miss Trudy as well? She's already gone to, to Tennessee, but we honor. Like Pastor Andrew said, we're growing in honor, but since you're here, we weren't gonna make the same accident and mistake again to publicly acknowledge your work and your ministry. So we love you and we love Trudy. She still is on some of our text message threads and she, she's doing wonderful. She's keeping the fire burning. Come on, somebody say amen. She's carrying the altar with her. And uh, what a joy to be together. Well, um, man, more and more, I think the Lord is going to continue to make it more and more clear on how much we need a community that practices the, the kingdom together to make it to the end. Amen. More and more, the spectator, consumer, pulpit and pew, they do the work. I just sit and watch. How many know and are sort of thankful that that brand of Christianity is going to fizzle out at the end of the age? Consumers aren't going to make the shaking, aren't going to make it through the testing, the fire, and the shaking that's coming. Can, you get, can I get an amen? amen? Kingdom disciples are going to make it to the end. And that's not an us versus them. We're more holy. Don't, if you have that attitude, you're probably not a kingdom disciple. Or you are, you're just in really beginning training. Because then again, look at the disciples in the gospels. Good grief. Should we call down fire? Are we the greatest? So I take that statement back. Um, we're all a work, a piece of work. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a piece of work, bro. Or sis. But many of us, when we quote, and it was quoted a lot, by the way, during COVID season, of which we're still in, uh, my spiritual father, Hal, is battling. He's on a ventilator and, and, and got COVID. And you know Hal Perkins, he came twice. Hal and Debbie doing discipleship conferences. It, it definitely looks like he's going to pull through, but he's been in ICU, ventilator, oxygen, just wiped him out. So that's why I said in my email as your pastor and as our board and leadership team, we're not meeting indoors because we're mean-spirited or blah, blah, blah. We just believed it was the best choice for our church. 
but we're, I'm not of the camp that says COVID's not real because it is real. And we still want to be intelligent and wise and honor each other. Can I just get an amen to every voice? And so we honor you. We, I texted about 30 different households in our church. Um, and if I didn't text you, then come up and give me your number and I'll text you next time. Um, I don't have everybody's number. But many people are battling colds. I was battling a cold. You can still hear it for about 10, 12 days. I got tested to be safe because I'm a pastor and it was negative, praise God. And, but so, so many, many have had colds. I've, I tell you how many households. And so as we go into the winter months, if you're not feeling well, just check it out online. Amen? And as we come, we, we come like we just did. Not that every Sunday morning is gonna have a extended worship and ministry time, but I don't know, something about when we gather, yes, it's about praising and worshiping and, and hearing the word, but how many believe it's even more than that? It's about the body of Christ ministering the kingdom of God to each other. That's why we, you can get a great sermon and a great worship set in your PJs drinking coffee and your lazy boy. That sounds pretty good right now. And yes, I just gave away what I do every morning. <laughs> but when we gather, we get to participate in the ministry of God's kingdom together. Amen? We get to say, together we are becoming, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, we are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to become a, a temple in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. And there's this vision that Paul has of the church that when she gathers of both Jew and Gentile, slave and free, young and old, male and female, when we gather, there is a unique manifestation and demonstration of God's presence that is only discovered in the gathered community of believers. How many agree with that? I mean, it's just the scripture. You, I guess you don't have to agree, but, and so, you know, especially over these next few weeks, um, you know, leading into Christmas and Advent time when we anticipate this, we celebrate the first Advent, the first coming, and we look forward with earnest the second advent, the return of our king. How many believe Hebrews 7, 25 through 9 that he came, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 9, 26 through 28. He came the first time to bear our sin. He'll come the second time to bring forth salvation. <laughs> Comma, to those who are waiting for him. And so it's just the season to step in. It's a season. And, and as I, I, I'm not, I have three messages and they can all wait. My heart is so full, but I, I just wanted to just a moment make room, a little window right here. Um, for, as, as many of you know, we've been in a 21 day fast. And part of, if you get our emails, how many knew we were in a 21 day fast? Whether you participated or not, it's okay, no shame. Um, we, we've been pressing in, we've been, really seeking God's face for the year ahead. And just out of curiosity, you don't have to stand and shout it, how many believe the Lord deposited a seed 
or a dream or a hope for 2021 over these last 21 days. Just don't be shy. Is anyone in this room that you got just a fresh, a fresh vision and dream? That's how we fasted. We wanted uh, the logic. One of my best friends, John, down at Equippers Church in Five Cities, you know, usually churches call fasts at the new year, but they usually start in the middle of January because everyone's still on holiday. And then by the time you're done fasting, you're already in February and you're already into a month of 2021. And so I really loved fasting this time to kind of really cry out to God to show us where he wants to lead us in 2021. And so here's what I want to do. Just put your hand on your tummy. I, I, last night, for some reason, I sort of knew I wasn't going to sleep. I should have just called an all-night prayer meeting because I, I just felt, I don't want to just say, oh, cool, 21 days of fasting. Awesome, guys. Here comes Advent. Here comes Thanksgiving. Here comes the holidays. Oh, 2021. I really wanted to pause on purpose, and I wanted to acknowledge the seeds that Jesus deposited in you, and I want to pray that the Lord would bring them to birth. That's what I felt all night as I prayed in the night just kind of restless, but I just said, Lord, bring to birth what you have planted by your spirit in this season. And so if you particularly feel like you're carrying a promise, a seed of vision for 2021, could you just stand up? I wanna pray for you right now. Go ahead and stand up if that's you. If there's a seed of promise that you believe the Lord deposited in you for 2021, that's so cool. Thank you, Father, right now as your under-shepherd, Jesus. I just call forth in the name of Jesus these seeds of promise that you've planted. Lord, these dreams and these kingdom desires, Father of glory, would you bring them to fruition in the days ahead? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just break into the men and women who are standing, who are carrying a promise, and would you just breathe fresh grace upon them. God, we bless the seeds, and we thank you that it is a season to dream again. So Lord, just release the power like we just sang, the perspective, the provision, and the power in your presence over these who are standing and over those, Father, who will help carry these things forth. In Jesus' mighty name, we all said amen. Amen. Thank you guys for standing. Well, last night, my wife and I, as we were getting ready for bed, I said, honey, what, what are those things that you sense the Lord spoke for 21 years? <laughs> 21 days or 21 years. And, and then she said, well, what about you? And I just had my iPad open and I wrote them down. And I don't think this is all that the Lord's going to do, but I think it's a big part of what he's going to do. And when you hear them, uh, I'm not offended if you're underwhelmed, but I wanted to speak them nonetheless 
as a way to help us sort of chart our course together. So as Haley and I, can we just have Haley stand up and I'll tell her that we love her. I never call her out. I never call her up front. Just say, we love you, Haley. We love you. She's amazing. I love you, sweetheart. 2021 is a year to not shrink back. How many think that might be a word from the Lord for 2021? Hebrews chapter 10. Do not throw away your confident trust in the Lord. Remember that it brings great reward. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive what he's promised. Patient endurance are every person's favorite one-two combo. What do both of those words imply? Patience. What does that imply? Waiting, timing, testing, training, delay, a fight. And aren't you thankful that the vision of patience we get from Jesus is not one of gritting our teeth because love, the first descriptor of love is patience. So the best way to stay in patience is to stay in love. And then endurance. What does endurance imply? We got a journey. There's a road. There's a mountain to climb together. And if we adopt these two postures in the year ahead, patient endurance, what's the promise? You will receive what has been promised. My righteous ones will live by faith because I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back and is destroyed. And as I said about 10 minutes ago, one of the main verses that we often quote, don't forsake the gathering together of believers. How many have ever heard that Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 mandate? And many of us have quoted that. And I think we have to understand the context that we can't, the gathering we can't forsake meeting, if you read four verses before, is the gathering that takes place in the command center of the cosmos called the throne room of God. The context of don't forsake meeting is not pulpit and pews. I'm not hating on regular traditional church, but you can sit as a spectator and be no more mature after 40 years of sitting than being a fresh born again disciple who's learning to abide and obey Jesus. Can I get an amen? In other words, you can be a one year old Christian 40 times for 40 years. Come on, who's ever been a 40-year, one-year Christian? And so when, when, when the writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake meeting together, he's not just saying any old meeting. He's saying as the point number two, the shaking reveals what we treasure most and what we build our lives on. And the meeting we can't forsake is in the place that can never shake. And the only place that can never shake is the kingdom of God and the king who reigns on an everlasting throne of mercy and grace. 
So the gathering we can't forsake isn't just to go to your favorite preacher or your favorite style of music. Those things are great. There's nothing sinful or wrong about having preferences or opinions. But the gathering at this last hour, this great testing and this great shaking, the gathering we can't actually forsake is the one in the throne room where the grace of God flows and the mercy of God is released. Amen. Not shrinking back. Why? Because there has been and there will be an increased shaking on the days ahead. How many actually believe that? And what the shaking will do, I said this months ago, the shaking doesn't reveal something about you that you didn't know was there. It actually brings who you were the whole time to the surface. We got one amen. That's not an amen for all of us. Why? Because what comes out in the shaking may not be what we really love, but God in his mercy releases preliminary shaking so that he can, Malachi 3, refine the dross out of the gold that's within every image bearer so that when he comes and he shakes everything, what he sees is a pure, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 6, faith that results in the salvation of your soul. The shaking, the, 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 the birth pain shakings that are released on the earth and that are gonna increase in the hours ahead, they'll shake things loose in our hearts and in our faith and in our practice and in our character and in our conduct. And when he shakes, he intends to cleanse so that when the greater shaking comes, you can stand the test. So many are crying out for justice and stinking, we definitely should be crying out for justice. But if you're only praying for the justice of God to be lobbed against your perceived enemy, watch out when God's justice comes knocking on your door or my door. Because when he drops his gavel, the judgment begins where? 1 Peter 4, 12 through 17. The judgment of the Lord begins with the house of the Lord. This is good preaching. I'm, not just, I'm just sharing my heart, this word, the scriptures. So we can't shrink back. And if we don't shrink back, we know if we're moving forward, there's shaking that's coming. And the shaking might reveal things. But listen, God can't heal what you conceal. And God and Jesus exposed to heal you, the enemy exposes to kill and to condemn you. So how many are thankful? That's the only way we can agree with all of the apostolic tradition to rejoice in suffering. The only way you can rejoice in it is because of what it's producing and doing in you so that when those things that don't look like the son of righteousness come to the surface, he can cleanse them now before it's too late because without holiness, Hebrews 12, 14, no one will see the Lord. Are we tracking? So don't shrink back. Come on, someone say it. Don't shrink back. Shaking's coming. Embrace it. And then when he exposes something, in the name of Jesus, we bring it into the light immediately. My grandpa Owens, he's 94. He's something close. Godliest man, double PhD, amazing, most holy, humble man. He said, the holier you, 
the more you grow in holiness, the quicker you learn to repent. It's my best. I interviewed him as a college kid. So when we talk about growing in holiness, it's not crusty, stale. It's playful, childlike, because we're just, we're running after our Abba with our big brother, Jesus, and our divine escort called Holy Spirit. And if we stumble, we're gonna get right back up and keep going after him. It's good. This is the word. We don't shrink back. And the shaking reveals what we treasure most and what the true foundations of our lives are. Amen so far? We're almost done. Then my wife said these words and I just resolutely, I resoundingly agree. Therefore, not shrink back, shaking. It's gonna cost us something. Those words should not take any believer or disciple of Jesus by surprise. In fact, one of the things I find so compelling about King Jesus, our master, he tells us on the front end. In this world, you'll have trouble. John 16, 33, but take heart, I've overcome the world. There'll come a time, Matthew chapter 10, in the, in, the, in the low 20s, 20 through 28, you can write down references later. There's gonna come a time when people are thinking they're doing a service for God when they hand you over before the leaders and rulers and authorities. And he goes on to say in that passage in Matthew chapter 10, in the 30s, 35 through the rest, that, that even a father will betray a son, a son, a father, a mother, her daughter, and a daughter-in-law, her mother-in-law. Like there is a great, listen, if we're not shrinking back, look at the sequence. And we experience the shaking and we respond to it and receive it because it's the God's goodness for the preliminary shakings because the epic day of the Lord, read Amos 4 shaking is coming and it's too late for that shaking. And if we don't, if we don't shrink back and we endure the shaking, you know it's gonna cost us something. And so you know what? This is gonna reveal our addiction to the praise of man and the opinions of man or being locked behind a prison called the fear of man? Can I get an amen? I don't like those either. I can be a victim of either, of both. Where the praise of man doesn't derail us down a road of pride and the criticisms of man doesn't gut us and cause us to tailspin and to lose our hope. But we stay in that Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15 through 20 reality where there's a voice behind us and his voice is the only voice that matters that says don't go to the right or to the left. Just keep walking in this way called the way of righteousness, the way of my kingdom. And I can't afford to listen to that voice. I can't afford to listen to that voice. Both will take you down a path that ends in destruction. It's gonna cost us something. You know what? We'll feel that cost first in our home. That's why Jesus, he overtly says it. A father against a son. Not because he wants our biological nuclear families to experience division. But he just says that when those, when disciples heed the word of the gospel and begin to abide in and obey Jesus, no matter the cost, there will be a sword, a plumb line released. And I love, man, this really got me this week. Um, everyone tracking so far? We're doing good, huh? This is a good, um, but look at this. 
this just struck my heart. I love the honesty of the prophets. So there's this, this the people of, of, of God are, say this in Malachi 3. <clears throat> What's the use of serving God? Verse 14. What have we gained by obeying the, his commands or trying to show the Lord, or trying, or, or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's army that we are sorry for our sins? So there's this, hey, every one of you have thought that. Don't act like you're more godly than the people of God throughout all the ages. What's the point of obeying? What, really? Come on, who, all of us. I'm not gonna ask for hands. Is it really worth denying the flesh and carrying the cross? Is it really worth putting their needs above my own? I mean, just pick your kingdom principle. Is it really? Do I really gotta die so that I can live? Do I really gotta go two miles instead of one? Do I gotta turn the other cheek and the other cheek? Do I gotta really give my shirt and my coat? Look at this. From now on, we call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God, who dare God with their defiant life, punish them, suffer, they suffer no harm. So the prophet sees the ungodly apparently flourishing. The prophet sees those who aren't paying the price and who aren't following the narrow way of Jesus and who aren't carrying the cross and who aren't denying the flesh, who aren't repenting of sin, who aren't working out reconciliation, the seven times 70 mandate to forgive and then forgive again and then forgive again again. And we look at the world and go, gosh, they have all the power, they have all the fun, they have all the stuff. This is exactly what the prophet is saying. Just say amen if you're tracking with me. And the psalm, the psalm says the same thing. Why have I kept myself pure? This, I love the psalm's honesty, the prophet's honesty. That's the context, but look at the prophetic word of the Lord. This is why it's gonna cost us something, but the cost is worth it. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On that day, when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. This is the word that we're gonna see in the days that we're walking in. Listen to verse 18, it's so epic. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. So all of us can question in this hour, is it worth following Jesus? I mean, the crucified, slain, slaughtered lamb, Israel's Messiah, you know, buried, dead, descended into Hades, preached the gospel to those dead, raised with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him, to whom is all the glory, honor, blessing, wealth, and honor, and every knee will bow. Is it really worth bearing the stigma? Is it worth Hebrews 13, 12, to go outside the city gate, to bear the shame that he bore, to bear the disgrace that he wore? Is it really worth Worth it. And the Lord, through the prophet Malachi, says, if you're in that process, wondering if it's worth it, you're not alone. Many have gone before you wondering, is it worth it? And what Malachi 3 tells us is, it's worth it. Because eventually, 
You may not be able to see the discrepancy between the righteous and the unrighteous right now, but there will be a day. And there's coming a day quickly when that which has been spoken in secret will be declared from mountaintops. There is coming a day, saints. It's don't shrink back. Shaking is coming and is here. It's gonna cost you something, but the cost is worth it. Why? Because if Jesus treasures you, then what do you get if you're his treasure? Those who stay in the fight, who count the cost, who bear the stigma, who choose righteousness no matter the cost, no matter the adversity, no matter how difficult, you are called the treasured possession of God. That's pretty cool. Amen? It's gonna cost us something. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's gonna cost us something. But turn to your other neighbor and say, but the cost is worth it, especially if I'm paying it with you. Come on, how many know we're in this together? If we all got a fight to fight, if we all got a hill to climb, you can go do it on your own, that's miserable, or we can go after it together. That's what I'm saying, the vision of church is changing. It never changed in God's eyes, right? We just got off track, but the Lord's restoring apostolic simplicity. The simplicity of the gospel, the word at the center, Jesus calling, follow me, abide in me, obey me, show and share my love and the practical, tangible, everyday stuff of life. And together, when they see the good deeds, the, when they taste the preservative, the salt, when they see the healing light and love, they will glorify your father in heaven on the day that he visits us. And then lastly, I'll get to the other one later. This is the last, I'm gonna land it here. So shrink, don't shrink back. What was number two? Shaking is here and is coming and will increase, but it's the goodness of God that that which, okay, I'm not gonna re-preach it. Don't shrink back, shaking is coming. Number three, it will, it's gonna be costly. Is it worth it? Is it okay to wonder if it's worth it? Yeah, it's totally okay. Jesus said actually to count the cost. Consider it. When you consider the alternatives, you won't find a Lord and master as breathtaking and beautiful as Jesus. And then lastly, we feel this strongly. The call of the hour is to raise resilient disciples in our house and in the next generation. Look around, the, the room is older, and that's not a shame. It's an honor that it's us. But how many believe if you're in the older generation, your best days are not behind you, they're out ahead of you. And if all of the trends are true, and I actually believe that they are, that barring a radical move of God, which we contend for, like our life depends on it, and God's vision gripping the hearts of his church that we have to raise the next generation. What was assumed in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, and 70s that you were born into an awareness of the, the counsel of God, the awareness of the basics of the gospel, that is no longer an assumed reality in the day that we live. That's why I'm using the language. We have to raise resilient disciples. 
And the classic example of this, I, I, man, we, I've, we've been talking about doing a Daniel series for so long. I'm just, just hold me to it. 2021, Daniel's coming. It's just too good, too practical, too, it applies too much to our day. But here's what it speaks about raising resilient disciples in the next generation. Daniel determined not to defile himself. And how many believe as hopeless or as bleak or despairing as it looks that God can actually raise a generation that chooses to not defile themselves but can stay even in the courts of the pagan empire and walk in God's kingdom righteousness. And in a day where almost every line is attempted to be erased, every every life-giving barrier and boundary from the law of God, from the gospel, from the truth of his righteousness, from the counsel of his wisdom and his will, even though every barrier and foundation is trying to be erased, there will be a generation that doesn't just honor the barriers and boundaries, but delights in the barriers and boundaries. And as they learn to delight in the reality of God revealed in Jesus, written to us in the scriptures and actualized by the Holy Spirit, there will be a generation of of resilient disciples in the next generation. How many want to just contend for that? I mean, that's, that's, our, that's a vision worth going out, going out for. Giving our lives, not to coast, not just to keep more, more, me, 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 but to say, okay, it's time to shift into a spiritual parent because there's a bunch of kiddos who don't have a mom or dad, both in the natural and certainly in the spiritual. How many agree with that? There are hundreds, yea, there are not even hundreds, there are thousands waiting to be adopted. And then the fifth one I'm saving because it's a whole talk. Babe, what did the Lord say? What did he say for 21 days? Don't shrink back. What else, honey? What else did he say? The shaking's here and it's going to increase. Embrace it. And don't forsake meeting. Where? In the throne room. The only place that nothing can be shaken. Right? Just read all of Hebrews 10 through 12. Amazing. If we do that, is it going to be easy? No, it's going to cost us something. Is it okay to count the cost and to wonder, is it worth it? Yes, it's okay. Is it worth it in the end? Yes. And then lastly, in light of that context, for the sake of the generations that are being raised, the Lord is saying, who will go after the next generation to raise resilient, flourishing kingdom disciples who will choose not to defile themselves by the king's food at the king's table? Come on and stand on your feet. How many would agree in part that this is a word for us for 2021 to embrace? Don't shrink back. Shaking is here and it's, it's gonna increase. It's gonna cost us something, but it's worth it. And the Lord wants 
a generation raised who are resilient in their faith, who are compelling in their witness, who are secure in their identity as royal heirs of the everlasting kingdom. So let's just put our hands out like we receive a gift. And maybe just if something really resonated with you, just tell the Lord, Lord, I, I want to receive that word for the days, the weeks, and the year ahead. Just do business with Jesus. I don't want to shrink back. I'll embrace the shaking. It's your goodness that that which can be shaken that which can be purified and refined will be if I keep my eyes on you. Jesus, I know it's going to cost something. It costs you everything. And you say to follow you. <laughs> but you're worth it. We just declare it as a church community. You're worth it. You're worth the cost. And then, Lord, we know that there is a harvest in the next generation that there are young boys and girls, young men and women that you have marked for your kingdom purposes for their generation. So whether it's in prayer, whether it's in active mentoring or discipling, or whether it's in being a safe person to receive the fatherless generation Jesus, I want to step in. I want to see a generation of Daniels, Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednegoes. Come on, how many want to see that in Jesus' name? And so, Father, we just give you our children. We give you our grandchildren. We give you our future children. If we're single, we give you our friend circle. And just say this, say, Lord, I take responsibility for what you're calling me into, what you're calling us into for the road ahead. In Jesus' name, we all shouted amen and amen.